Okay, it wasn't quick enough on the buttons there. I think we are now live. Hope you can hear me okay. You know my usual paranoia. Let me know if you can or if it's glitchy. I was just warning Jason, who's our guest. He's just loitering in our lobby. I was saying that if I drop off air, it's still live. Don't pick your nose. He's got a whole court. If anything, I think you probably all be cheerleading and celebrating if I, I dropped off air because Jason's got such an interesting story to tell that we certainly want to hear more from him today than me. Um, thanks a lot for everyone as, as ever for participating in all of these, but particularly after the back of Monday's session with Michael, we've had some great questions come in. And that's the sort of thing that helps set the pace. Even if it's not that we'd ask your question directly, as those themes emerge, as you guys let me know, I'd like to hear more about this or from this person, etc. That's exactly what fuels these shows. Um, and we try to keep us fingers on the pulse and identify what's going on especially in msk practice in healthcare, in education as well as then touching on current affairs when appropriate but it's you guys that help us to do that because you're part of the conversation and then something like this drops on my lap where i'm like well it's an outrage it's an injustice let's shake his fist in the right direction and see if we can shed a light on it but then also try to see if we can collaborate to try and right some wrongs and the story i'm telling here is of regeneration physio in rotherham jason beaumont who i'm going to bring in in a second Basically, the story as I saw it and was alerted to was that the council was shutting them down despite being a physio practice operating under COVID safe procedures. Obviously, the uh, support for the NHS that occurs through that by proxy. We're going to go into that in all detail, so I won't go on any further, but it just felt like something that straight away, let's get this on the show, let's shine a light on it, but then also, and, and be aware, in this show, we want to be sort of talking a little bit about how we can get together and support not just this practice, but the fact that there's then this could be a precedent that we don't want to then be distributed beyond. You know, it seems like something we need to stand firm on. So without further ado, let me hopefully click the right buttons, take away my little frame thing and bring in Jason. Jason, can you hear me? Yeah, I've got you. Hi, Jason. Brilliant. Well, to start off by telling the listeners a little bit about you, your practice, and then just get stuck into this crazy-ass story. Okay, so um, I'm a... HCPC Reg Physio. I've been in EIS and did Paralympics and um, I've dotted around sport and also had my own private practice for a while. Uh, we started expanding. I left EIS in 2018. Um, we started expanding the practices um, and then we took on a site in Rotherham in October um, with a view to just to growing our practice there. Um, we were fine in lockdown one. Uh, sorry, lockdown one, we were there. We weren't present. We've had a, our room retrofitted. Um, and then lockdown two, no problems. And then things have escalated on, on this time. Um, within that practice, we've got myself kind of overseeing and doing a few bits. We've got a physiotherapist, a sports therapist, a sports rehabilitator as well. And so the, so I didn't realize the time frame. So that practice has only been open since October of last year. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So you weren't on site then for lockdown one, but I noticed on, I noticed on your on the regeneration. Sorry, I'm saying it all wrong on it. All right. Regeneration physio. Um, your um, you had closed maybe other premises in lockdown one as we were all trying to work out what the hell was going on. But by the time everything became clear as to how we should operate, you've had no problems in any of your other locations since. No, no. So we're fine. Yeah, lockdown one, like everyone, we shook because we didn't know the landscape. Um, from there, we were able to, like everyone else, build our risk assessments, um, get things open, running, and, and work safely. Um, that again, that that was fine through lockdown two. 
what we actually did was, um, and this is probably where I've made a mistake. So with lockdown two, the gym owner was worried about uh, the council had been like checking the gyms, rattling the doors, the police been checking. And although they're above board with this lockdown two and everything, he was panicking that us now being in there and patients coming in and out, they're going to experience some bad press or get some, some issues. So I emailed the council at lockdown two saying, Hi, we've set up a physio practice. Here's our process. Here's our uh, procedures. Here's our risk assessments. They were fine, lovely, great job. Have a nice day. Merry Christmas. You know, all forthcoming. Sound. So then uh, for lockdown, t uh, the third one, this one, um, I did the same again. Emailed the same guy. I said, oh, we've changed. Uh, I'm going to forward it on to somebody else because um, my role's changed or whatnot. And then it, it kind of uh, it hit the fan. I suppose from there. Well, jump into that then. So, what have you? Start me from from there as to the council got in touch with you from that point, and it was a, it was aggressive from the get go. It seems. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. So, so firstly, I'm waiting for some information back from our legal teams on how I can release all the emails because yeah. it, it, it'll just show a really nice uh, flavour of how this has all come about. There, there are two problems for me with this whole matter. So, number one is, is there a potential issue with the legislation that is allowing interpretation to close us because we are closed now the shutters um so yesterday i got served by the environmental officers and four police officers um, and i was just emptying the safe so we got we got struck. so um so is there an issue in the legislation that needs addressing so we can get the csp and everybody else to help because unfortunately this could roll over everybody in private practice unless you own your own individual building uh, and then Number two is, why have Rotherham Council approached this with such hostility with um, in such a time that's making people redundant, it's closing businesses? So my first email back from the council was, uh, quote, it is our opinion you should close. You must close within 24 hours or express, um, you'll get a prohibition notice. So I replied saying, I, th I don't think you fully understand the situation. Here is our situation. We're in a self-contained bit within the building. We have our own access if we should need to use it. One, two, three, four. Um, he then replied saying, no, uh, I've spoken to our legal team. It's our opinion that you are operating from within a closed premises and therefore you must close. I asked, so I spoke to um, our legal team. They said, under what section? You can't just say my opinion is. They've got to, <laughs> you've got to give you the line in the legislation that they're trying sure. to enforce. Of course, yeah. So I, re I replied saying, again, can you explain? And he said, Mr. Beaumont, I've told you the council's position. Our opinion is you must close. This matter is now closed. If you open, you will be prosecuted under whatever. And um, we will not respond to any further correspondence. Right, so so then I started getting a bit frustrated, but I tried to play it down a little bit. The issue we've got as well is there's another business um, that operate within like the same commercial unit who's a, a healthy meal prep company. Yeah. So so they've got a commercial kitchen in there. They package stuff up, and then deep it's online orders. And like DPD can send it in like a freezer box to your house. So. They've not contacted these guys yet, but they've made they've obviously we've been talking and they've spoken to the gym owner. And the council told the gym owner that both our businesses can close. So um, Ben at Nutri Fast Food has gone to Instagram straight away and just had a bit of a, a grump about it, as he's right to do so. And it's, it's, it started to escalate. 
Um, we jumped on the back of that because the council refused to accept my calls. They refused to reply to my emails. Um, so we got in touch with a few of the councils at Rotherham and Sarah Champion MP, who then managed to get the council to give us their legal uh, position. Yeah. That, that came on Monday uh, with 24 hours notice to close. Um, and then we spoke to our legal team who said, because it's local government, et cetera, and this could be set in precedent, the legal cost could go plus 100 to 200,000 pounds if it starts going up high court, et cetera. Uh, mm. So although, oh, and, and sorry, the council also said, Mr. Belmont, we're not telling you to close your business. You just got to work from somewhere else. Um, so during the national lockdown, this is the COVID safety department, by the way. So it's environmental health with superpower. They've been now um, told that. So we can employ someone to retrofit another unit. We can bring our patients to someone else's building. We can use re like removal companies, et cetera, to, to transfer all that stuff out to a separate empty building, but we can't work from within this empty building. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, on this show, we've talked about logic and lack of on a variety of different levels, but this is just beyond belief, isn't it? There's hypocrisy all over the place as well as it making absolutely no sense. And you've been clear to try and spell out the fact that there's just none of this makes any sense when it comes to trying to the public health benefits that they're suggesting and inferring, or well, the legislation is meant to protect. Let's try and give it the benefit of the doubt of saying that all of these lockdown orders are basically to try and reduce human contact um, especially unnecessary contact or social contact. And this just does not do that. You know, it, it's actually counterproductive. But before we get stuck into that, because it's almost like the, the morals and ethics of it, but there's still just the affront on a legal basis seems fascinating. What, um, what's your take on, because the, the, you, you wouldn't expect, I guess, uh, maybe I'm being naive here, but you just wouldn't expect such a level of opinion-based um, amateurishness no for want of a better term, or just this, like, uh, like that, 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 that someone would be clumsy enough even to wield that power yeah. that way. Did that surprise you as it has me? It, it is, it did. Um, the, the thing that was most disappointing was I can fully understand the council's position if they think that their interpretation of this legislation is what they have to follow through. And unfortunately, central governments put something in place that they've got to enforce. And, and I get that, but it's been pretty nasty. It's been, it, it, <laughs> so, even when we got served, so we, we got we got served by two of these environmental um, community protection officers, COVID protection officers, I think they're now called, but it would have been environmental health, plus four police officers. And the police were just kind of, they were super lovely. They were really nice. Um, but I also almost got read my rights by one of the, the officers. Oh. Uh, what, what she was doing is she was inferring her opinion on everything and i was saying my point with this is the facts and how you've chosen to interpret the law and she's like you don't interpret the law the law is the law and i was like well no like this, this case law clearly, like, not, clearly not you know the, 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 the letter of the law is in favor it's the interpretation yeah. that's then making it dubious it's, they're bringing the gray areas you're trying to go black and white on legal fronts especially you know it in detail because that's all all of us of business owners like us have been nothing but breathing boring governance policy based safety stuff for for months now so we know that law so we're, we're trying to now take the position say well healthcare is exempt so is healthcare not only exempt from all of it if that makes sense 
Today, what I'll do also as well, um, I, I did a walkthrough before we got kicked out. Uh, I did a walkthrough of what our clinic situation is like within within this commercial property. Um, so I'll, I'll pop that on our Instagram so people can see that it, we're not just like a back room in a gym. So the, the, the situation that we have is there's a big commercial unit um, that is, I suppose, a gym. Okay. However, we've, it's all been chopped up. So we've got, we've got business rates. We've got a rateable value. We've got had the valuation office round as have the other businesses within there. So they actually charge us rates for our space. But then at the moment they're saying that it's not our space no more. The reason they've got us is because we would use the gym's toilets. So we don't have our own in, independent toilet within the clinic. So you would walk, uh, you don't have to go into the gym, but you go into the, into the premises with the main door. You can walk around the side. Um, and we've got a double door into a waiting room and then a single door into the treatment room. And in the treatment room is a fire exit and the fire exit could technically be um, our own separate access. Yeah. It is we've been hearing, by the way, not just off the back of your story, sorry to interrupt there, Jason, yeah. but we've been hearing there's so many people that are in similar situations or more challenging. We've even got people that have got open-sided cordoned areas of gyms that are still able to practice because of the way in which they've been able to be clear to their landlords, whatever. Just to be clear as well, I'm sat in my studio, which is in our practice, which is actually, we have our own access, which is obvious, yeah. but we're actually an underlet. Yeah. So we pay rates, but we're an underlet that technically is under is, is above a gym. I mean, our, our situation on a on a on that front is actually more dubious than yours. So sorry, do go on. No, no, but that, that's the thing with all of this. So I've had a I had an informal conversation with someone at the council today saying that the problem with this is it's not us trying to be cantankerous. There are significant issues with how this can express to everybody else because we although Oh, hold on, my battery's real low. One sec, super professional. Oh. <laughs> right, well, let's hope Jason can get, we don't leave Jason. This is getting interesting. Uh, thank you so much for those of you that, are com uh, that have been com commenting, especially, you know, the, there's plenty of outrage on this and I, and I really do uh, agree with you. Janine, Janine saying unbelievable feel for you. So, God. yeah. saying frustrating. Sorry to hear about this. Sorry, go on, carry on, Jason. So, so the issues that we're... I kind of I can't really be bothered with the whole social media th side of things. I do I do enjoy a good scrap, and I do quite like to get my teeth into some things. Um, but I feel like we're going to have to fight this in the public domain because we've had it's been treated as black and white. It has been very aggressive from the start, and again, we've got no business with um, Rotherham Council because we've been there three months. It's not like we've historically tried to like cheat rates or do something like that. We've got a very, very <laughs> open and honest situation. There's no. There's no cash in and rent or anything. Like everything is by the book. It's it's fine. Um, so my situation is, if you think of somewhere like Meadow Hall, a shopping centre, or even the smaller ones, where you can go in through the main door, there might be some toilets for everyone to share. Um, the clothing shops are shut, but MS is open. How is that different? And then when we're looking in terms of COVID safety, how does moving our practice? make people safer because the gym is closed it's an empty vacant building and i i fail to get i do understand if they're thinking that people are, are utilizing the gym then that's fine find them find the do your job and find the gym but our therapists we've got a one-in-one out policy so we've got like an online check-in so people are checking from the car therapists meet them at the door walk them straight through so it's not even like uh there's groups of people in and out and swathed. So there is a bit of um, what seems to be a bit of a personal thing here. Um, 
but yeah, going forward, so this legislation, basically the, the interpretation is that if you have a lease or um, a license, doesn't matter which one, from someone who've had to close because of the lockdown, you will have to close too. So it, it's ridiculous. Someone said about closing the toilet facilities. I've said that, and part of our risk assessment is patients can't really use the loo while they come. Um, I know, I know, we shouldn't have, but we, we've messaged them all saying, guys, toilets are really... Please, sure. please don't or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like we, we suggested in lockdown one, but, you know, of course we're not going to mandate it, but avoid using the handrails. And, you know, when we thought yeah. it was all surface transmission, we were just trying to make suggestions. But, yeah, this is one of the things, and I suppose I, I, I totally understand, and it's a, a, a totally reasonable comment there from, from Richard. Thank you, Richard, for what you've said. But I just want to sort of say to people that I've only been in this a few days and, and nowhere near as close as you have to this, Jason. But one of the things I almost want to try and appeal to you all on here, and having heard Jason in this way, there's no lack of thoroughness here from him and his team. Let's try to stop rationalizing it because it's irrational. Now we can suggest things that are logical, et cetera, but this is an illogical, irrational situation in which there isn't a consistency there. So I, I totally appreciate that comment. I'm not pushing back on it, Richard, but it's kind of like whatever we think of these things, we're all trying to do so, almost like we're being critical thinkers, clinical reasoners. It's like, no, this is, it's, it's something that is just a heavy hand in this instance of the state through the council misinterpreting the circumstances and not looking at the detail even though the detail makes it clear not only that this is an injustice but also that it's counterproductive to the public health variables that they're trying to protect and i think that that's the thing that i think between us all we all need to make sure we don't nitpick or grill you on questions you tried this you tried that what about this yeah. you've, you've kind of been there by the sound of things right we, yeah we, we, i mean we've gone through everything to the point that genuinely i think i could mount a legal case to keep us open if we use the fire door but i don't know what my patient's using the fire door when i could use the perfectly reasonable front door for the <laughs> yeah. other anyway it, it's, it's otherwise uh, empty yeah well, that's the thing it's otherwise empty that's what's fascinating isn't it you also have no right of appeal so you can you can put a complaint in but if the fines start coming you 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 can't just kind of go whoa i don't think that should be appropriate to us it, it's that the horse has bolted on that so then you have to start to then mount a legal case and it's just going to get really expensive um so it, again like the implications are um, we've got one salaried staff like three self-employed staff, two of the self-employed staff, it's their sole income at that practice. So they're going to now be looking for universal credit. We're going to be looking at how we can either relocate the practice and pay double rent. Um, can we um, push the patients to other people or to our, our other clinics? Um, it's difficult, and especially because we don't have an end date on this current lockdown. People are anxious whether they're just going to wait it out so we can open back up or do the... Do the so it's, it's massively impact on patient care. And we get, unfortunately, I'm getting some quite upset messages from patients. And, and some have got a bit of angst as well. Like, well, I can't do anything. I'm really, really sorry. I don't know. And I, I know people have been there in lockdown one if you chose to shut your practice like we did. So we kind of got an idea yeah, of what yeah, we still tried. Well, 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 we all sussed it out. It was like, well, legally, this was a funny thing. And, and also, just as a bit of due diligence ahead of this show. Now, my position on this matter would not have changed. However, I did wonder and would have brought it to you. If you'd have been 
someone that legally we know we were all able to practice but ethically at the time we were all thinking like till we get a handle on this let's do our bit and professionally it's right for us to not yeah. now as i say i'd have still been doing the show and it wouldn't have sounded much different but i would have been admitting that there is a difference potentially where there are some practices that we know just cross their fingers and and and, uh, and and carried on sort of business as normal in a penny whereas you know you that's not the story here it's not as if the council are looking on and thinking well you took the piss in lockdown one and so we're getting you that's yeah. just not story there in fact you weren't even on site no and, and that, yeah this, 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 there's so many variables of this that don't make sense um mm. so the reason uh we're not going to roll over i have had to shut because i don't i don't want a massive penalty fine but there's, there's, so you, you've got sort of almost incident tape across yeah. the door right and there's been a bit of a scene been made on a couple of occasions with law yeah. enforcement right the, the label does an environmental crime scene <laughs> So environmental crime scene tape. So um, we've got to then speak to uh, all the all the patients saying it's nothing to do with any of our safety measures. This is a legislative issue. They're, they're unhappy with the premises we work from. There's no environmental health, especially in a global pandemic, environmental crime scene. Well, when the dust settles, I imagine that that's the thing that, you know, if when, when, the, when the small claims courts are beyond open for business in a proper way, then I just find it fascinating. It's slanderous, isn't it? What is inferring by that language and that tape and that presence of police is, is it's suggestive of malpractice. It, and, and they're not helping you clear that up. They're not, it's not as if they're then mortified and taking it down an hour later because they realise what it's looking like. They're doubling down. I know. Um, I've just seen someone popped on about how we contacted the MP. So we, we did early on. Um, with these things, there's a lot of kind of dead ends. If the council choose not to speak to you, we had to petition the MPs and the councillors to get the dialogue going. Um, but unfortunately, again, Sarah Champion said she's not council. And so she has basically no power in this. So... The council have been powered up to deal with this and we fully appreciate that and there's a lot of businesses it's a very difficult job and that's why i kind of sent my risk assessment through for this one on on, on behalf of the gym um but, but you know that they can't they can't help so sometimes people do perceive that your mp can just supersede but actually it isn't like that is it because you've got distributed and devolved measures and also you've got this the enforcement of some of these things. And I suppose I just wanted to, that's a really useful point for us to make. We said off air, didn't we, that we wanted to make sure that there is a relevant distinction because there is a, and I have some sympathy. In fact, I suppose I have a, a bit of a, an interest in a way. I've, I find it interesting. When you've got these these random ass hairdressers that are quoting the Magna Carta on a political level to say that yeah. these, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in that to some extent. You know, it's like I'm, I'm fascinated by the politics of it. However, there's, a, there's an incredible amount of daylight between that vaguely interesting political dispute, but clearly there's, there's no ambiguity as to whether or not the letter and the spirit of the law is that they should be shut. This is not that, is it? There's, there's, there's such a relevant difference. And one of the things we need to be clear of is that as professionals, if we're going to get behind this cause, we need to make sure that we don't end up muddy in the water as if this is just a general lockdown-based grievance. Not to say that that's... Uh, nonsense i'm just meaning that this is a this is a very different situation exactly we're not like um nick in in and, and the gyms coming together trying to petition why gyms were closed in a tier three when the evidence doesn't support it yeah. which champion cause fantastic go by the evidence we're all evidence-based great great argument we're just wondering why we've been shut 
Yeah, <laughs> is different. Yeah, you're right. legally allowed to. Yeah, and, and yeah, the actions because we we've got post op patients. Um, so we're not we're not just kind of if you're thinking about like typical MSKs and a few people like we've got post op patients that are on protocol. Then we've gone into lockdown, and then now we're saying we're shutting the clinic, and we've got absolutely they've given us 24 hours, and the email came at like 2:30. So we had however much of that working day plus the morning to to just basically cancel everyone. So we've had to basically just cancel the clinic. Staff don't, we're all on pause. Uh, my colleague and I are now trying to find all the different solutions that we can, and we'll try and move it if we can, but um, it's the patient care impact side of it. So again, there's been no saying, right, okay, we think you need to close. We really saw the legislation. Like, well, we've got a full case list. How can we deal with that? They've just gone, not our problem, move your practice versus can we work with you? Can we have a few days? Can we look yeah, at yeah. They're not buying you sufficient time. I mean, Nothing. obviously it's been plenty talked about on this show is that there is a certain style of caseload that you can somewhat serve virtually, at least for a period of time. But you imagine that you need the time frame to actually move that. Plus, much discussion and conclusion that's come from this show and beyond is that we all know that there's plenty of other stuff out there, and especially with regards to patient choice, that just can't necessarily be appropriately served, or by patients that have been through that process, decided that they do want face-to-face -face care under appropriate risk assessment. In 24 hours, you're not going to get anywhere close to being able to manage that sensibly and safely, even if you had a, a massive team. But it sounds like it's not as if you've got 20 staff that can be repurposed to administrate that. No. So it all falls on you within 24 hours. Yeah, it, it's put, I mean, so we received the email about 2.30 saying, here's your legislation, now you've got 24 hours. They were outside at three o'clock with the police the next day. So they were really hot on this. They were really hot on this. Wow. Yeah, That's so, mad, and, and I, I'm trying to keep everything super professional, but there is, um, so when we've been served, I must've had a half an hour argument with them over just, they were trying to give me, like tell me off. I felt like a naughty boy. Right, I was told, <laughs> and, and, and I'm quite well read. So I was giving it back, saying, "Well, no, this is not the case." The 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 best part of this is the environmental officer that was telling me off um, didn't have a mask on and wasn't socially distanced from a colleague. I'm not kidding. She was stood outside, but she was breaching COVID law herself. There's also a reporter in a car next because we're about to do an interview. So. Um, that's nothing to do with us. We, if if that if the, if the, if the snap to photo and that comes out, then that's nothing to do with us. We're not we're not uh, trying to be spiteful, but the hypocrisy. Tell you what, I, mean, I don't know if you did, but I, I, if that photo does come off, I hope you're in like excessive PPE, three oh, masks. No. So, <laughs> I, I wasn't ready for it. So I was just in je jeans and a hoodie with my mask on. Gone. This is the show. You can imagine. You can imagine the optics that have been great if you were oh, in yeah. our clinical yeah, PPE, yeah. gone yeah. for visor for effect at distance. Whilst there, then it, it, the hypocrisy that's central to this obviously has been highlighted by many people. But when it comes to the clinical specificity of it, that's the thing that's so fascinating. Is that they their egg on their face is going to be so obvious when they, then the detail emerges, and we're obviously really close to the detail. They're not, and they they're treating you like said cowboy hairdresser that that is making political case and, and they're just not right to the, the best bit was um her kind of closing line to me was how hard is it to move a massage bed oh bloody hell yeah well i mean you've you've probably got you've probably got more things to worry about than feigning professional offense how dare you call us a that's the ignorance though isn't it it speaks to the ignorance of them not understanding the circumstance at all 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the bespoke equipment, and you mentioned as well, you, you used a good example in one of your videos about the fact that you've got the, the uh, nutrition business, the meal prep business and stuff. You've got a com commercial kitchen, which is obviously going to be bespoke. But also, um, even if it's not a practice that's full of gadgets and gizmos, there is something to be said, especially in this time of protocol, whereby the way in which you've set up to be COVID safe is relevant to your bricks and mortar. Like it's not about the, it's not just about what you're doing. Obviously, we're, um, the interaction between therapist and patient is where the magic happens with regards to what we do, rather than it being bells and whistles compared to a commercial kitchen. But bricks and mortar are incredibly relevant to the risk assessment. That is not an easy thing to lift into somewhere it, else. It, it isn't. So the, we, we, again, the meal prep business has nothing to do with us. They're great, right? But a large demographic of their people are uh, pa parents, etc., or, or sons and daughters, but they're, they're subscribing to a weekly package and it's, and it's fresh food stuff. So it's only got like a three-day list. To, to vulnerable people. So that's one. Number two is this meal prep company donated one and a half thousand meals to vulnerable kids as part of like just getting everything going um, about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, so and, and for, they've got it's a commercial kitchen. You're not going to have you're not going to have your, your oven in the middle of the squat rack. It's it, that's its own separate independent entity. But we all share the roof and the toilet. That's the problem. So sure. in the healthcare business, and they've picked on like like the saints of food prep. So, uh, I, yeah, well, I, I just that, that's the thing that makes my skin crawl is that the, the, the mistargeting. I mean, the, the thing is, it's sometimes you wonder, don't you? Because there's some scandal merchants in the media and stuff where they, they're deciding to double down on these two girls that had a coffee and stuff like that. And sometimes you wonder, like, definitely a point of hypocrisy. It seems ridiculous, seems heavy handed, but you wonder these isolated instances, jobs worth copper or something like that. But unfortunately, the more stories like this we hear, and the fact that the bureaucracy that we know exists is then having to just try and interpret laws and that these are people that are completely clearly underqualified and, and not able to understand the specifics of these businesses or the legislation means that these things are more commonplace than people realize. And unfortunately, that does get at least small p political. And that as, a, as, a, as an industry, it's, it's, it's the counterproductive nature of it on public health is something you're right to continue to emphasize and something that I think... Uh, I want to. I've realised we're in overtime. I've just got so stuck into this conversation. So I'll let you go in a second, Jason. But when it comes to my point on call to action, as I mentioned to our listeners, I do feel like we need to be careful to make sure we offer some daylight between the general political lockdown grievances of which I'm not suggesting anything about, and this being a legal injustice based on the letter of the law, not just the spirit of the law. So that's one thing. The second thing, as I think, highlighting the hypocrisies on a public health level and speaking as professionals about the, the cause of what we've done to try and get our robust governance processes, how we've collaborated as a community to do that, and that despite best efforts and despite lots of money that we're all spending and wasting in gapping all our appointments out and all those different procedures, that we're right to do, but despite all that, it's still being closed. And I think that those are the sorts of things I'd like to highlight. Anything else you want to do as part of a call to action? Yeah, so what we're going to do is I've, I've, got, I've actually had a call from the CSP um, to have a conversation after this. It would have been great before, but we'll, I'll see what's going on with that. So call the CSP, clarity with our legal team. Then I'm going to start releasing stuff on social media. Um, so I'll show our exact clinic location and I'll, I'll try and put it through in an articulate way that can go viral. I know this sounds really, it sounds awful. And I'm not trying to uh, buy social media things, but mm -hmm. our Instagram's Regen Physio, and I think Facebook's Regeneration Physiotherapy. But what would be really helpful from our community is if if people can just comment and share and, and try and help us get a bit of weight behind this because 
like I said, we've gone to MPs, it's dead ends. We've gone to councillors, it's dead ends. I've emailed the mayor, not had a reply. Um, so we're going to have to, unfortunately, pursue the, the social side um, just to try and get a little bit of outrage and see if we can get this this looked at. Because, again, it is more than just ourselves. If if this starts to roll out into the wider community um, and if other councils start to take this stance, it seems a personal stance, but if it does start to go further that way, um, it could have massive implications for healthcare. So if shamelessly, if people can just help back it and also i'll do questions and answers and things on those socials so i'm more than happy to help with people um absolutely no i think that's a really it's a really good point i um i noticed then we've got several messages here from various different places by the way wherever you're listening to this uh, obviously you can take your pick really we're across linkedin facebook instagram twitter so please do if you're tuning into future therapy uh, future uh, tuning it overs um, but, you know, many a comment coming in in support, Jason, I'm sure people will take up this cause appropriately. Um, as I said before, myself, I, we are certainly on a, on a legal level more vulnerable. We shouldn't be, neither of us should be vulnerable, but generally speaking, situated uh, as part of a unit as an underlet within a gym. Um, granted, with our own entrance, and I, we fortunately do have our own toilets, but generally speaking, you can imagine if precedent is set, you're absolutely right. And so we need to make sure we speak up for these injustices before it then rolls out. We're all a bit war weary, we get it. But let's take the low hanging fruit, support appropriate causes on social media. Think of it as being a new media version of getting the press involved. There are these two prong attack, really, with regards to sort of old legacy media of which I know you're engaging and we can support that but also when it comes to the new media social media this is outrageous outrage is appropriate we're not it's not clickbait we're not keeping 20% of this away from you because there's a story under the story we've tried to bear all in this conversation and beyond Jason's been very upfront with everything and so please do get behind it it's uh, something that we really do need to make sure we uh, step up with as a community otherwise we'll have regrets if it comes for all of us yeah I just really, really quickly just want to address Sarah's comment there saying that we've not been in touch with the CSP. We have called and sent emails in. We've also asked um, on some larger social media uh, platforms for people to tag CSP reps in for us. Um, so, and I do appreciate that we have had a call today, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, just before, yeah. just before we came on air, uh, when we were just chatting beforehand, uh, the CSP had called Jason, but um, yeah, there's, um, it'd be interesting to see how, how that goes. Uh, but as, as was discussed in my episode with Alex McKenzie, um, as our part of a year in review that we published on Physio Matters in January, Alex was clear as to one of the things that the CSP had been reflecting on is the fact that the CSP is for individuals as members rather than as businesses. And this becomes a business issue, even though Jason is a member. And, and Alex was open about the fact that that is a conflict that they have been underexposed to until the pandemic. And so this does speak to that gap that we talked about on that podcast. If you haven't listened to that, then that's me and the chair of council at the CSP reflecting on a complex year of 2020 and some of the issues we discuss on that obviously not speaking about this case individually which has happened since but certainly that speaks to some of those things and conflicts that occur in private practice and so please do have a listen to that and uh, please make sure you pass comments jason's gonna unfortunately he's got more time on his hands than he'd like so he's gonna be on the socials he's gonna be on the comments and please do keep an eye on his stuff run people of those handles again and then we'll wrap up next uh, yeah so instagram is at regen physio and regeneration physiotherapy on facebook Nice one. Thank you very much. And uh, all the best, mate. You know, you've got our full support and backing. Please keep informed. And also, any any appropriate intervals you see fit to jump back on this show, know that you've, uh, you know, we, we're definitely here for you and you can come and use it as a sounding board as well. Definitely. It'll be better than posting stretches. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit more, it's a bit more box office, you think, isn't it? Yeah. Take care, mate. All the best. All right. Bye.